Good morning. Good morning. It's time for Wake Up to the Word. Or good afternoon, whenever you are listening or watching. And we're glad you're here. And uh, it's time for Wake Up to the Word. And uh, for those of you who care, and some of you do not, and that's fine. Um, my coffee for the week is a brand new blend. We got it from a couple that goes to Life Coast Church. Provided us with our coffee this week. So they, uh, they uh, roast their own coffee and uh, gave me a batch to try. This is called Columbia Bacaramanga. Bacaramanga blend. And it is actually very good. I don't know what's in it. Uh, Josh and Hannah Fabian um, brewed this up for us, and we are very happy to try it. It's very smooth, um, not harsh in any way. It's a very smooth flavor, nice coffee aroma. So for those of you who love coffee, maybe Josh and Hannah can brew you guys a batch <laughs> as well. So, oh, it's just drip. I just did a drip uh, try for the first run. I might try a press with it another time. So um, thank you very much, uh, Josh and Hannah. Good stuff. Our Bible reading. If you don't have your Bible plan, you can go to wakeuptotheword.org and you can uh, print yours off. Or you can go to lifecoast.org and go to what's happening. The Bible reading plan is there also for all Life Coasters. And welcome, Life Coasters. We're so glad that you are here and we are into the month of March. You should have finished your February uh, reading by the time you're watching this. Uh, and um, our Old Testament reading, uh, the uh, last two days of February, 27th, 28th, was uh, the 20, uh, Genesis 25 through 28. And then uh, first two days of March, and here we are, March 2nd, is when this episode will air. And uh, you read 29 through 32. So it's so a lot of good stuff there. A lot of stuff to read. So um, I hope you're excited. Another piece of uh, cool news is um, uh, in my uh, stats coming up on who's listening. My audience keeps growing. And thank you so much. And uh, my cup even says that. It says, thanking God for you. So uh, we put that on our mug this today because our, our, our podcast audience keeps growing because you folks keep sharing it with people. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And God's word's going out. I am now being listened to, which amazes me, in four countries. Obviously, the U.S. is the bulk of those listening, but we are in the United Kingdom. We are in Canada and just recently, we have some listeners that have jumped on from Mexico. So, uh, praise God for that. Let's a little applause for you guys, for God, His words reaching out. And I don't know what we're doing that's any more special than anything else. Thank you, studio audience. We'll give, give yourself another round of applause there. Since you don't exist, you deserve it. And uh, it's pretty funny stuff right there. Um, so, but we're glad you're here with us. And so we're going to walk through uh, some of this reading, and a lot of this is uh, uh, Abraham's death starts us off in the right in the the twenty uh, fifth chapter, and 
Then we have the birth of... Uh, yeah, we have Abraham's death. He lived 175 years. And Isaac and Ishmael, his sons, buried him in the caves at Machpelah. So 175 years, that's quite a long time. So uh, then we have the birth of e Jacob and Esau. Esau and Jacob, as it actually should go, as Esau was the firstborn. We're going to talk a little bit about some of this stuff. Um, the, the birthright, um, they're born, Esau's born first. He's this red guy. Uh, he actually gets a nickname. Um, uh, how many of you guys had uh, maybe some f Irish friends or some redheaded friends? Or uh, uh, for some other reason, you gave him the nickname Red. Uh, well, you know, the Jewish culture is no different. Um, Esau, uh, his name actually means that, but Edom is his nickname. He gets this nickname. Edom means Red. And uh, so... Uh, if you ever had someone with a nickname Red, his Edom was his nickname, and uh, that that uh, has some real prominence in Scripture as we as we move out of this. This nickname takes hold of not just who he is, but what land he takes takes over. So this becomes very important as we move forward. We have. Uh, Esau and Jacob are born, and then Esau sells his birthright. And uh, this is uh, an important part of things because uh, Jacob is the son of the promise and Esau is the firstborn. So there's already this tension going on. But Esau uh, despises his birthright. He doesn't care about it. And he's hungry and starving and actually says, I'm about to die. Uh, what use is a birthright to me? So he sells it for, you know, for some food to his brother Jacob, who's good at cooking. And um, so uh, for him, he wasn't really starving. He was just hungry. He had been out hunting and, and gotten back and was hungry. So <clears throat> he obviously cared very little about his birthright, that he'd be that flippant about it. And so he he sells it to him and basically I think forgets about it and goes on with his life and then of course uh, uh, Isaac is the father of Jacob and Esau and he has his run-in with um, uh, with Abimelech and uh, this strange strange uh, interaction which has happened before uh, oddly enough uh, he comes into this land, but tells them that uh, Rebecca is his sister, not his wife. And, uh, so, and the reason was given that she's beautiful and they're afraid that they would kill him and uh, take her from him. And so, but then Abimelech sees them laughing together. I, I, I don't know why I picked up on this, but isn't that there a unique way that uh, if you're married, a husband's, if you're listening... Uh, you and your wife have this cozy thing going on, your, your own chuckling, your own inside joke kind of laughter that goes on. Well, apparently so did uh, Isaac and Rebecca, and uh, Abimelech happens to catch this laughter, them laughing together, and uh, he sees right through this, and he approaches him, and he tells him why, and 
and he he you know he's not pleased about it at all but uh, uh so then Isaac departs from there and encamps in the valley of Gerar and settles there and so then we have as we get down um there's uh sorry I, I had a little mental block I'm trying to read and and talk and uh I'm not very bright at doing two things at once so so uh 23 it says from there he went up to uh, verse 23 of chapter 26 I'm sorry my apologies uh and the lord appeared to him the same night and said I am the god of Abraham your father fear not for I am with you and I will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. So Isaac gets a visit from God and uh and and he appears right to him very plain language there that's used. Um so uh Isaac blesses Jacob in chapter 27 and um And then we come up on at uh let me see. Yeah. On on in 27 we come up to uh chapter verse 35 and it says uh Your brother came deceitfully. Oh, uh the 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 twins come before Jacob as he's going to give he's going to give the uh, the blessing uh the the bless the the birthright blessing. And uh, so Isaac, as if you know the account that that occurred, um, uh, Jacob comes and um, disguises his mother is part of this plot too. She she knows what's going to happen. She helps him prepare the food, so it's like some game. Like Esau cooks it, the wild game. She uh, prepares the the the. The stew, the food that way, uh, puts on some fake hairy skin because Esau's hairy, Jacob isn't, and uh, and and so uh, he comes in uh, to his father. His father's uh, can't see very well at all, and so he's really uh, relying on touch to figure things out, and he's he's not quite sure of it, but he gives jacob the blessing and just as he leaves his tent esau comes in and now jacob is um i mean uh, isaac is uh a little disheartened um as soon as esau heard the words of his father uh let me see then uh we're at esau enters the esau enters the tent after jacob leaves and he says uh his father, uh, his father Isaac, said to him, "Who are you?" He said, "I'm your son, your firstborn, Esau." Then, then Isaac trembled very violently and said, "Who was it then that that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it. And before you came, I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed." Uh, as soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father bless me even me also father and he's and and but he said your brother came deceitfully and he has taken away your blessing esau said is he not rightly named jacob for he was he has cheated me these two times he took my he took away my birthright and behold now he has taken 
away my blessing. So these these kind of things bring up questions in that uh, Jacob is the is the son of the promise, but him and his mother feel like they have to manipulate the situation because God can't do things on his own. I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it really raises questions and, and, uh, you know, there are certainly, uh, there's certainly validity to say, well, God knew what would occur. And, uh, uh, so he knows the beginning from the end. He knew this would happen. And Jacob is the one who carries the name, but he easily, God obviously easily could have used Esau, but he, he didn't, he, he chose Jacob and, um, so these are the questions we're left wrestling with. Is that uh, so? Does is God blessing this deceit? Um, uh, you know, I don't think that God God blesses deceit. I don't think He wants to honor it. But Jacob uh, had this character flaw, and I think God can work in all of us with our character flaws. And we'll see later that uh, what takes place uh, through this, but um, he has this character flaw that he's got to work through, and and uh, and that's that's the that's the cool thing about God. Whether it's you or me, uh, we all have some flaws in in our in our character. None of us are perfect. None of us have arrived at holiness. We praise God that. He looks at us through the through the sacrifice in the blood of Jesus Christ, sees us as holy, and uh, we then can can take that and uh, work our righteousness as we're called to be trained up in righteousness, and those and take those character flaws and move them aside, out of the way. So we become more and more righteous in in our walk and in our daily daily life. Uh, so Jake Jacob is sent to to Laban, and uh, it says, "Take your wife, um, take your wife from there, one of the one of the daughters of Laban, your mother." So they send him away. Then Isaac calls Jacob. Sorry, I, I left out the beginning. This is chapter twenty eight. Then uh, then Jacob. Then Isaac calls Jacob and blesses him and directs him, you must not take a wife from the Canaanite women. Arise, go to the, the Paden Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. So this is cousins. So he's going to go and uh, to the land of Laban and uh, where his, uh, his uncle... Uncle Laban, uh, basically, is what it is, and he's gonna go there. He doesn't know what he's gonna, what he's, what's, who the these cousins are. It seems like he's never met them, but he's gonna go there, and um, and he's gonna they told take away from there. Plus, he wanted to get him away from Esau because Esau was mad at him. So, um, it goes through some some. Uh, uh, Esau marries an, an Ishmaelite, and he uh, saw that Isaac had, had blessed Jacob and sent him away. And uh, from there, he, he blessed him and directed him 
you must not take a wife from the Canaanites. And Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and gone to the other place. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please Isaac, his father, Esau went to Ishmael and took as his wife, besides, besides the wife he had, Malahath, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of Nebuchadnezzar. So he's marrying in bread too. So, um, how how do we uh, how, how do we look at this in light of in light of uh, what we know about genetics? And we didn't really talk about this back in uh, um, when we were in Genesis. But uh, one thing to note, um, and if you join us for Word on Wednesday, we're going to talk about it a little bit more this week. So uh, this will be coming out after that. So um, you can go back and look at that recording on Wednesday night. But uh, when God created mankind, there, there was a genetic uh, purity uh, that uh, Adam and Eve carried in all of their children. And so this genetic purity uh, continued on for for. for brothers and sisters, and now cousins, many generations later. And so there aren't the issues that we have now where, you know, when you make a copy of a copy of a copy, there's always a little little problem with it, and that's what's going on genetically. We have issues that uh, most of the time a couple comes together and they're distant enough there's enough distance between uh, where their relatives cross over that any genetic issues are made up for with the other. So if you have a gap in a genetic, uh, genetically, the other person doesn't have a gap in that same place. We have the genetic issues when there's duplicate gaps when people get married. And people who are closely related have higher percentages of having the duplicate gaps in the same places. And so that's why there's there's uh, issues with people marrying who are closely related uh, now. Uh, but then there wasn't that issue. So that's why cousins can marry. So there you go. There's your genetic lesson, brief as it is. So Jacob um, comes and he, he uh, when he gets there, he meets, uh, he meets uh, uh, Rachel at at the well before he gets there she goes and tells her father and uh he's really enthralled with rachel he's he's uh you know hubba hubba and uh loves her and uh, already right at the beginning so he agrees to work for seven years to take rachel as his wife and then when the seven years comes and it, it's great it says that it seemed like it was no time at all when you look at uh chapter 29 uh verse 29 oh no verse 20 uh, so jacob served seven years for rachel and they and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. So I'm sure he saw her all the time or often as he worked, but he worked diligently. And then at the end of the days, he said, "I'm I'm ready. I I worked. Uh, you know, uh, I'm ready to get married." And uh, so uh, uh, Laban sets up the wedding. They have the wedding ceremony. Goes into the evening and. Then the bride uh, goes into the tent, the wedding, the marriage tent, and when when uh, Jacob wakes up in the morning, he has married Leah, and uh, he's not happy about it, 
And uh, Laban says, it's not our custom for the younger to marry the older. And you look at Laban and say, okay, uh, he cheated her. He, yeah, and that's okay. But Jacob's really getting a taste of his own medicine here. Uh, let's face it. And um, even though uh, Laban was a little underhanded, maybe it, maybe it is the custom. I don't know. It could possibly be the custom. But you can imagine... <laughs> He was a little upset and frustrated and, uh, you know, not liking it at all. And so, but he's, he agrees to it. And then Laban says, you know, you want Rachel, you got to work seven more years. So he works seven more years to get Leah and then to build his, build up his wealth. He works another seven years, uh, there. So 21 years he spent serving Laban and then he leaves and there's all kinds of issues that go on but in the meantime the tribes the tribes of Israel are born and you look at the end of 29 you got Reuben and Simon and Levi and Judah and then starting in verse 30 you got Dan and Naphtali and Gad and Asherah and Issachar and Joseph and Benjamin will come later but um the, the, there's the uh, the tribes of Judah that are going to be so prominent in uh, as we as we move forward. So um, Jacob then flees in thirty one flees from Laban and uh, makes his way across. And now the angel of the Lord comes to him in a dream. He says, "Here I am," and he's going to bless him. I am the God of Bethuel. Uh, of Bethel, excuse me, uh, anointed a pillar. And then we come up to um, uh, 32. Uh, Jacob fears Esau. Here's he's coming. He's going back into the area. Jacob went on his way, and the angel of God, angels, plural, angels of God met him. And then Jacob, this is 32, right at the beginning, chapter 32. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. So he called the name of that place Mahanaim. And um, Jacob sent messengers from him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. Red country. That's red country. It's uh, You go in there, that's, that's where Esau rules, okay? So Esau is, is uh, ruling there. And uh, then we come at the end of 32, the last part of our reading, and Jacob wrestles with God. So a man wrestles with, uh, let's see, I'll just read the whole section, starting at uh, chapter 32, verse 22, and I'll read through to the end of the chapter. So the same night, he rose and took the two wives, took his two wives, two female servants, and his 11 children, and crossed the ford of Jacob, uh, Jabbok, sorry. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the dawn. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let him go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go. He said, let me go for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, 
what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. And that means, uh, uh, Peniel means the face of God. Um, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, Penuel limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. So, what do, how do I want to wrap this up? Okay. Maybe like Jacob, we have some character flaws. And they're going to come back to bite you. I'm telling you right now. Jacob's came back to bite him with Laban. And then Jacob had to wrestle with God through his issues. And let me tell you, God may let you go. He may let you seem like you're prevailing, but he will win. And so are you going to walk with a limp the rest of your life when God has to touch you and bring you down to a place of humility? Jacob walked with a limp the rest of his life. You can either surrender now, uh, whatever your character flaws, whatever your defects, whatever your issues, whatever your sin, whatever you're carrying, whatever you don't want to turn over to God, whatever whatever is there, do you want to continue to carry that? Or do you want to give it over to God now? Or are you going to wrestle and wrestle and wrestle until God has to bring you to a place of humility? And then you're going to walk with a limp the rest of your life. And you'll be humble before God because he's going to bring you to a place of humility. God will win. When he's called you, he's called you for a purpose and he will not let you go. Jacob's proof of that. Would not let him go. Now, last thing in Jeff's stack of stuff, uh, we got, uh, let me see, I'm probably well over time. Oh no, I'm doing good. Good, 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 good stuff here. So I'll be back. There you go. So um, we got... Uh, if you're wondering, we got um, Abraham has a son named Ishmael, and Ishmael uh, gets blessed and goes on to uh, have many children and in the land. And Isaac is Abraham's son, and he goes on to have Esau and Jacob, Jacob and Esau, and Jacob continues with Israel, and Esau populates the land of Edom. Very important, that word, I told you. And so when you look at a map, and what I put into Jeff's stack of stuff, you'll see this diagram, which shows you Abraham and Ishmael and Isaac. And if you're just listening, you can't see that, but it's just a little diagram. And it shows the children of Ishmael going in to be the Arab nation. Ishmael becomes the Arab nation, and Isaac becomes through Esau and Jacob uh, the, the 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 Israelite nation the Hebrews and the Edomites okay and the Edomites if you go to Jeff's stack of stuff and click on that diagram that you'll see there you will go to an article it'll take you to an article 
that will walk you through a lot of the process, a lot of the interaction, a lot of what went on, and 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 uh, and how those nations formed from Abraham. And if you understand that, you understand the turmoil in the Middle East because Ishmael is the firstborn, and Esau is the firstborn, and culturally, both of those people have the birthright to the land of Abraham. And what land did Abraham have? All the land that God gave him, which encompasses not just Israel, not just the area of Israel and Jerusalem, but all of the Middle Eastern lands that encompasses uh, Iraq and Iran and, and some of Egypt and all of that, but also the land of Edom, which is actually south of Israel. That's the, 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 the land of Edom, Jordan, we might know it as today. So when you're looking at that turmoil, they feel like they have the legal right to the land. The Arabs and the, the Jordanians, they feel like it's their land. They were the firstborn. Under legal grounds, they have the right to it. But Isaac and Jacob are the sons of of the promise of God, both second born. Interesting, but that's where the battle is. So go on Jeff's stack of stuff and uh, you will see. Oh, there's also another thing on Jeff's stack of stuff that uh, just a little quirky thing. Uh, something happened last week. So um, a little, little bit of laughter on this one. Um, last week's episode uh, 16, I had recorded half of it, or at least I thought I had. I'd gotten 15, 20 minutes in, and I took a look and realized the red light wasn't on, and I, and I had not been recording the whole time. But I had made a reference in the first pass of cross-referencing, the hyperlinks that the Bible has, the amount of cross-links that it has. But when I re-recorded it, I never mentioned that. But I did put on Jeff's stack of stuff a diagram of the hyperlinks. So if you go on Jeff Stacker stuff looking for this, you'll also see from episode 16, which I do not mention, so I will change it to episode 17, um, the hyperlinks. The Bible is amazing with the links back and forth, back and forth from New Testament to Old Testament, New Testament to Old Testament. And this diagram I'm showing you is all the links that are that are quotes and paraphrases and illusions, they're speaking of the same thing, back and forth from Old to New Testament. It will blow your mind when you look at this document, this diagram, that someone actually put together with the actual links from each book of the Bible to each, each New Testament book of the Bible to each Old Testament book of the Bible. They arch over and you'll see it. It's really incredible. And uh, there's no other book like it. There's, there's no book that even comes close. And if you want to listen to um, Pastor Mike's message about the Bible from this past week, uh, Twisted Truths, uh, Twisting the Truth, then uh, that will also t share with you some of those things. When you have questions about whether this is God's word or not, uh, the, the interaction between the Old and New Testament, what goes on here, what we see in today's world and what God predicted, and what He what is laid out through the the historical um, documents, uh, the historical books that we have, um, 
is amazing. And so uh, I hope that you uh, just take a look at that. And like I said, it's in Jeff's stack of stuff. And uh, it'll be referenced um, Old Testament uh, 17. Both doc, both uh, Jeff's stack of stuff docs will be referenced Old Testament 17. So uh, look for that after you see this episode. And uh, I'm excited for you to, uh, to keep listening. Uh, tune in tomorrow. And uh, we will have episode 18, New Testament. And we will be in Matthew 7 and 8. So can't wait for you to come back tomorrow. So love you guys. And uh, we hope that you keep reading this amazing book. Every day, every morning, wake up to the Word of God and let it change your life. Because I promise you, if you keep reading, it will change your life. God bless you.